You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. Genesis chapter 24, verse 4 to verse 7. Look at Abraham being conscious of this. But thou shalt go into my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. The servant said unto him, Peradventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me. Into this land must I need to bring your son again from the land which you came. And he said, and Abraham said, Beware that thou dost not bring my son here again. We'll take him to that land. He says, The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house, and from the land of my kindred, which spake unto me that and sworn to me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. She shall send his angel before thee. Now, this is a master with so much wealth that he put into the hands of his servant. We'll see it. You can see it. We study the whole scripture. Being conscious about the secret to the success of you on this assignment. So you can say somebody's sending people even to market things or to do stuff. Said here, that the angel, he shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take. And by the time Elysia got there, he said, God has prospered my way, or the angel of the Lord has prospered my way later on. We don't have time to get into it. Uh, we see Jacob also in Genesis 28, 11 to verse 13. All that happened in Laban's house, there was something about, about angels. And he lighted, this was before he got to Laban's house, upon a certain place and tarried all night because the sun was set. He took stones of that place, put them for pillows, laid it upon, all right, a place for him to sleep. And the Bible says he dreamt, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, angels of God ascending and descending on it. Jesus used the same words. And then he said in verse 13, he said this, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord thy God, Lord God of Abraham, thy father God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest today will I give it. It was going to be transferred by angelic oppression. You had to know that. And he said, give it today and to thy seed. So his assignment there was to be carried out by the assistance or aid of angels. Moses tried to do stuff with his own hands and failed. And then he now understood the role of angels here. That if you are called to do something, heaven has to release it, an angel that will go before you in the execution of that particular thing so that when you begin to go out to do it in the fiscal, and this is what we want to get, that is everybody consciously now comes into this. That is you want to go somewhere, you know that the only way to get there is to enter into a car and drive there or to be driven there or to call for a car 
or to call for a taxi or to ask a friend, but you have to be carried in a vehicle, you know that to that place. So also when you have a vision, a dream out there, you understand that an angel has to be released and you know how to get it done the same way you know how to get into a car or drive a car or call for a car, that the angel goes forth before you first. And that is when you know that there will be signs, wonders, and there will be miracles. So it enters into the DNA of our Christian work. We understand it. The businessman who is or a young entrepreneur who is making a presentation, all right, there, and is pitching an idea, understands there's an angel in that room that is not visible to anybody, that stands right there with him, and it's by that angel, events within this place and this space are going to turn. That's the man who opens his business understands that there is an angel or in your career, this career will take, all right, this particular trajectory because there's an angel that has been assigned from heaven into my own career or my family and he will be responsible and the certain things I will do that will trigger the manifestation of his presence. And certain things will happen. This is the understanding I want us to come into in this series. Because that's what the Bible teaches. And we'll see it. So we have in Acts chapter 7. Look at Moses. And verse 34 here. Acts 7 and verse 34. It says, I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people which was in Egypt. Now Moses was a man mighty in wisdom of, of, of Egyptian wisdom and, and deed. He says that I've heard their groanings. Now, so he, he failed the first time. And then God came to him and God said, I've seen the affliction. I have heard the groanings and I am come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. Next verse. And then he says, this Moses whom they refused. That's the first time he went. Who made thee a ruler and a judge. The same did God send to be a ruler and deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush that was burning. What was the result of the hand of the angel which he went with? Next verse. He brought them out after that he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. The signs, the wonders, the parting of the Red Sea was done by the angel that actually came with him. So angelic activity we'll see is closely related to prayers. You cannot have angelic activity without you being someone given to prayers. Every significant outcome in the Bible where God's power is displayed on the outside, involved, all right, had to bring in, there was angelic intervention that was involved in it. 
Wave on say it at resurrection. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1, all right, to verse 3 here. Uh, Matthew 28, 1 to 3. In the end, all right, of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, then came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Anytime you see in scripture that kind of earthquake or the place shook, that angelic being. That is when they tell us in Acts chapter 4 that after they prayed, the place where they were was shaken. That angelic beings came into operation. And then it says, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. So what happened was angelic beings were there on the outside and the building literally shook. And then within them, they were filled with the Spirit. And um, church will be missing out on this angelic thing. So it tells us here, verse 2, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel, for the angel. So there was a great earthquake in the place. For the angel descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. In other words, an angel had to roll that stone away for Jesus to come out. Next verse. And then tells us his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. All right, Acts chapter 4 and verse, let's look at verse 34. By stretching forth thy hands to heal the praises, signs and wonders might be done. Next verse, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where, and the place was shaken where they assembled as angels. And the Bible says they were now filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word. In other words, that shaking there, it's angelic beings. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to verse 26. I want to build it carefully. So we see angelic. And at midnight, you see this? Paul and Silas prayed and they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And what happened? And suddenly there was a great earthquake, angels, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, angelic beings, and everyone's bands were loosed. So, want to look at what gives us, all right, some information from Scripture as to a big clue, now we've seen all this, prayer is involved. Praising God. All right? Uh, the angel comes in, there's an earthquake there. Stuff happens. Now, it doesn't have to be always this dramatic. A woman tells a story. Marilyn Hickey speaks about it. Very significant. You have angelic. And what happened was, she had a husband left their office, and I think it was a minister of the River clearly, and got back home. And they were all fine. And when she entered into her room, uh, suddenly an alarm sounded. And a, the smoke detector device inside the house picked up something. And the alarm, and she just jumped at it and said, what's going on here? And they checked, and they didn't find anything burning in the house. Well, listen to this. But then something flashed in her mind that she placed, all right, a kettle 
all right, many years ago, and on, on the, in their kitchenette, in the office, she wanted to make coffee, and her mind was jolted to that, and she told her husband. He rushed back to the office, opened, there was smoke everywhere, he got to it, and did that. Now, it was an angel that wanted to trigger what was happening in the office for them to get back, and that angel used, because they didn't find anything, was when she remembered and said, this was an angel that showed up here and just used this, all right, uh, smoke detector in this place to jolt my memory so that I could see, or I or remember that something was going on there. So it doesn't have to be dramatic where a building shakes, but there will be the insertion, all right, of angelic beings in things that you're doing. Insertion of the activities in things that you're doing there. And, 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 and once you begin to acknowledge their existence and you know what produces and their activities from heaven and the reception of the same right here, being a generous person, listen to this, a generous person, angels are attracted to generous people. People that show hospitality to strangers. People that go out of their way to lend a helping hand. All right? They push, they move away from rebellious people to considered authority because they know that this is what Lucifer did. They will never touch it. The Bible says when the archangel Michael came to contend over the body of Moses, which was a legal thing spiritually, he went about it the right way saying, the Lord rebuked thee. He did not bring any accusation against all right, Satan there. So they are not drawn to people that operate that way. They are not drawn to people that operate that way. All right? They're drawn to, but it's a conscious thing that you do. So Luke chapter 1 and verse 9. That's the conditions here. And I gave the example to understand that it doesn't have to be shaken, but let's see the conditions here. Uh, the Bible says, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple, all right, of the Lord. So incense was a type of worship. Now the Bible says, and the whole multitude of people were praying without at the time of incense. Now, these Jews understood that this was built after the pattern of what existed in heaven. So as they began to pray, once the priest went in and incense was being offered up, they knew that, all right, incense was going into the throne room of God. And so they quickly begin to, everybody begins to throw in your prayer points. It's almost like angels are carrying this thing as the incense is going up into, so everybody without is praying. Oh Lord, what we're saying is this because they understand timing. And what happened next in verse 11? The Bible says, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. This is where the angels are. The right side of the altar of incense. Those who know that altar, the spiritual, all right, uh, the spiritual um, substance of it today in the New Testament and position themselves that way can say the God that answers by fire, and they know what they're talking about because they understand the protocols of heaven. The God that answers by fire, let him be God. Elijah did that. And where do you get that from? 
All right, you get that from the book of Revelations, chapter 8 and verses 3 and verse 4. Revelation. And another angel came and stood at the altar having golden center, and there was given unto him much incense. We see this now in Revelation. Now we saw the shadow of it in the time of Zechariah. And there was much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. Now see the effect of it. Verse 4. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended. Now this is what we need to understand. To step into the miracle, miraculous, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. Next thing, earthquake, you'll see this. And the angel took the center and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. God that answers by fire. And there were voices, thunderings, lightning, and an earthquake. So you see where that thing comes from. So we we're going to get into this. All right. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 to verse 4. I just want to show scriptures. And there was a certain man in Caesarea that was called Cornelius, a centurion of the band of the Italian band. And the Bible says, a devout man, one that feared God always with his house and gave much alms to people, very important in angelic operations, and prayed always, always, continuity in the place of prayer. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming in to him, saying unto him, Cornelius. Now, angels know their assignments. They never preach the gospel. They can tell you where to hear the gospel or get to do that. But it's human beings that preach the gospel to other human beings. And we'll see this. So we get a glimpse, serious, all right, angelic activity in the heavens when we combine these scriptures. We begin to get a glimpse into how, all right, angelic operations are activated. Whew. Time. All right? Prayer is the foundation for it all. Someone said angels, not really. Someone asked me, they play a significant role in the New Testament age that is just about the Holy Spirit and no longer angels, but this is incorrect. We can't say things that just suit our preconceived ideas. And things that maybe those were the only type of books or ministers were exposed to. You've got to look into scriptures. Uh, because of time, I can't go into this, but Acts chapter 5, verse 18 to 20, quickly. I'm just looking at a few here. It tells us about what angels. And they laid their hands, in fact, most of the apostles will have been dead. Dead. Within the first few months of ministry, or a few years, if not for angelic intervention, gone. Including Paul. Now, look at what it says here, Acts 5 here. And they laid their hands on the apostles, put them in common prison. And the Bible says, But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth. Acts chapter 10, verse 3. It tells us, He saw in a vision the ninth hour the angel saying, Cornelius, okay, we've seen that. Let's look at Acts chapter 12, verse 7. Acts 12, verse 7. Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and smote Peter on his side, and raised him up, saying, Arise, go quickly. And the chains fell off from his hands. And he tells us, verse 8, all right, let's go on. And the angel said, Guard yourself, bind on thy saddles. And so he did, and he said, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. 
Acts 27 and verse 23. We say with Paul also, for there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am whom I serve, saying that, fear not Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. So we see prayers and the words that you speak. Prayers and the words that you speak. Prayers and the words you start speaking once you start praying about something. Once you get into the place where you're praying about something, the words you speak, every word counts. Particularly when things don't go the way you thought they should go and you're provoked, watch what comes out of your lips. The angel in the book of Daniel told Daniel, I think Daniel 9, all right, and he says, I have come for thy words. He said, the prince of Persia withstood me one and 21 days, but I have come for thy words. Which means is the words that Daniel was speaking to God in prayer, the words he was saying, all right, in conversation that brought about the angelic beings. The second is generosity and hospitality. It had to make strangers feel comfortable. Churches that are heavily invested in hospitality, welcoming strangers into their midst, integrating people, all right, are not involved in segregation or all of that. You come into the place, it's like you know they've known those people for a long time. Those people creating opportunities for new people, opening up doors, angels operate well in those congregations. Third, worship of God in hard places. Angels are drawn to people that do that. So once you start praying things and you start praying through about things, Angels begin, all right, their administration. A lot of reasons why people do not experience anything is that they, with their own words, actions, things they do, abort the activity of the angels. That's why Paul talked about being hospitable to strangers. Some have entertained angels unawares. Now, I've got to close here, so let me just use two scriptures. Exodus chapter 23, verse 20 to verse 22. Exodus 23. From verses 20, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. He says, Beware of him. Be aware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon transgression, for my name is in him. What does it mean we shouldn't provoke him? I'll close with this. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes, I had so much to say, but we can we have got to close it there. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 2. All right, now it says, don't provoke him. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thy heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and you are upon the earth, therefore let thy words be few. Verse 6. Now this is how we provoke angels here. Verse 6. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. Neither say before an angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry without thy voice and destroy the work of your hands? In other words, don't go out and you get into situations, things begin to get difficult, it didn't work out, and people now are rash with it. This is what happens. Because you've prayed, the angel has come in. Now you're going through that testy period. He said, don't be rash with your words. Suffer not your mouth to cause your flesh, all right, to sin. Don't just speak hastily. Be slow to wrath. Be quick to hear. Be slow to speak. The angel is bringing information. 
Uh, stuff is happening there. And, and it's because of this lack of participation there and of, of true worship in our heart. That's why when these angels come forth, people don't open the space of their lives to get it done. All right? I mean, there was a gentleman who talked about this. I uh, read about him. He said, look, his daughter was kidnapped. This was in the United States. She was in a park. Uh, and the person who did it had um, mental health issues. So, so the, just invited her and said, could you come into the car and take you? And the daughter was running, and, and that was it. And when they got there, the father told his wife, he said, we must hold fast to what we say that is right. You know, you get rash, you blame this person. Why did this person say, and now the angel is there. Says we're going to pray and within an hour, the angel is going to bring back our daughter. Within an hour, the angel will bring back our daughter. Said the right things and then they entered into prayer. Then they called the police to tell the police about it. Because we see that Abraham says, an angel is going, but then I'm going to send my servant. And there's going to be a place where the physical will meet with the spiritual. And that's where you have the supernatural. And the police were alerted. And what happened was that this woman trying to, now she called the cab. And while she was just trying to cross into that cab, right, and I parked the car, to get into with the daughter to go away, all right, far from the place, was spotted by a police officer, which means, and they saw angelic activity, but there was. That's why God told Moses, the Red Sea is going to part, his angel is going to part the Red Sea, but tell your people to go forward. There must be some physical action that you are carrying out while the angels right there, all right, that you have activated in the place of prayer, worship the right hand of the altar of incense, things now begin to happen. And you are conscious of it. So a person who draws in, retains, and has angelic activity within their lives, they are very, there's a type of person that they are. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from the depth of my heart, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. Let this be the beginning in their lives. As they embrace this truth, and the spirit of wisdom and revelation rests upon them, opening up the eyes of their heart. Let this be the beginning of massive, as this seed has been sown into the soils of their heart, massive supernatural occurrences within their lives, all the days of their lives. And I prophesy unto you, under the sound of my voice, the Lord has confirmed this word you have heard with signs and wonders following. So I say to you under the sound of my voice, to show the authenticity of this message, that which you have tried to reach out for and you failed. And you know what I am talking about. That door has been opened up this morning by an angel for you. Go back where you toiled all night and caught nothing. And abundance is going to come out of that same place. I see it, and it's made manifest in your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you all. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.